0: Praise the Lord, my Lord, the mightiest, mightiest prophet, the Lord. Amen. Well, blessed people, what an opportunity to come to you again uh, during this lunch time. And I know it is lunch time, East African time, but you may be in different time zones in your respective nations. But uh, what a wonderful moment to come to you again at this hour this very important time in the history of the church, the third wave of the coronavirus is striking nations. The prophecy I gave, I gave December 1, the year 2015, when I said there is a big disease coming to the earth and that disease will come from Asia. And I said India will particularly be very significant in the culture because I met the doctors there and said we should culture, meaning vaccine production, that you see is all over the world, AstraZeneca, Oxford, you see Johnson & Johnson, you see BioNTech, many vaccines, Russia, Putnik Five. Uh, those words, that action, you see, Global, was instructed by the words of December 1, 2015, and so it's such a critical time to come to you again at lunchtime time to speak with you about what the Lord is saying at this time, and especially to follow you at your workplace. We know very, many times you spend many hours at your workplace, more than you do at home. So sometimes it's better to pursue you and shepherd you at your workplace that we may keep you on a narrow way you know, the workspace sometimes can be that place where there is detouring from salvation an affront to your Christianity, a place where the enemy can launch his attack. So to come to your workplace is such a privilege at this time. I know we don't have much time. It's already 1 or 5 p.m. Eastern African time, and we want to give you time also to call here the first time. I mean, those who have listened for the first time or are calling for the first time. So today I want to talk about what's happening on the earth here. As you look at the entire scenario on the earth, the Lord has spoken with me about the glorious coming of the Messiah. That is very plain and clear right now globally. I've been all over the earth trumpeting this message that I have seen the coming of the Messiah, and the nations need to repent and turn away from sin and go back to the gospel of the cross and the blood of Jesus, go back to righteousness and holiness, because when the Messiah does come, the Bible says, for without holiness, nobody will see the Lord. So this is yet another moment at which to look at what the Lord is demanding, what he's saying to the earth. The prophecy I spoke on the coronavirus is here, devastating the earth, totally ravaging the economies and communities of the earth and changing the life of man in a very significant way in the history of this earth. And when things like this happen, when the coronavirus pandemic that I promised and prophesied is raging high on the earth, this is a time when economies are tumbling, people are losing jobs, many people are shifting from place to place, companies are winding up, And you see also that the level of wickedness is on the rise. There is a lot of increase of wickedness because every person is in a mode, a survival mode, so sometimes they will elbow you to be able to try to survive. So this is such a time at which people are looking for solutions. The whole earth is looking for solutions. Nations, governments are looking for solutions. Biotech, pharmaceutical companies are looking for cure and solution. Families are looking for solutions. And so this becomes that very important hour at which to really, really address this message that I'm presenting to you. And he's saying here, if you turn with me right away, the book of John chapter 7, I'm reading verse 33, then I'll go to 37. It says, Jesus said, I am with you only a short time. And then I'm going to the one who sent me. Verse 34, says, You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. So the Lord Jesus was hinting on his mission on the earth, that the time for his glorification was drawing nearer, and he would finish his mission and go to the Father. And this is particularly very significant in the context of what we have going on the earth right now, because he was already beginning to train the focus of the church, to another place, another kingdom. He was telling them, yes, we are here. Yes, you are here. I am also here. The triune God become incarnated, become man, and walk and live on the earth, and then now prepare to go be crucified, and then resurrect and go into the kingdom of glory. So he was already beginning to train the focus of the church to another kingdom, to another place. He was already presenting to the church the fact that life, at this place on this earth is temporary this is a transitory place this place is short-lived this place is temporary this place as he said in other scripture will give you much trouble but there is another kingdom so he was already trying to focus them onto another place and he was talking about I'll be with you a short time meaning life on the earth here. even you your life will be short here those that belong to me they too their life for this earth will be short and then they should prepare they will transition into another place a more permanent place a more desirable place where there will be no mourning, there will be no funeral home there will be no coronavirus there's no lockdown there will be no funeral directors there will be no graveyard no unemployment no reporting to employment officers for placement There will be no divorces, no murders, no bloodshed. So he was already telling us that there is another place that is a better place. He was constantly focused onto his mission to come and connect men to eternity, to the kingdom of God. And so then, verse 37 becomes that very lead for our scripture tonight, where he says that on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood... And said in a loud voice, so you can imagine he stood up onto a place, on the platform, and he raised his voice, he shouted, and he raised his voice. This is what he said. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Again, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. This was in the heart of the festival, at the most important day of the festival. Then he stands up and he says such a humongous thing. He throws it out there to them that let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. In other words, it, there was a festival going on, and you could see that festival at several occasions, several stages. There is a water stage where they brought the water, the priests were carrying water, and all this. There is a lot of protocol in that uh, festival. Then verse 38 says, "Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said." Rivers of living water will flow from within them. So, in this scripture, which is our lead, this lunchtime, this afternoon, uh, those of you tuned in from offices and those who have walked out, just relax somewhere with your masks, your, your face masks, and you're tuned in with your cell phones, you know, with your friends or friends, or in the office or wherever you are, at work place in or shop. You see very clearly here that Jesus is making an invitation to them. He's inviting them that are thirsty to come to him. Must come to him again. That means whosoever wants to receive from the kingdom of God must come to Jesus. Must essentially develop a personal personal relationship with Jesus. That's what he lays out there first. Must come to me. Come to him. That you must come to Jesus if you're looking for eternal life. If you're looking for a solution to this life. That is so temporary, ravaged, devastated by the coronavirus as, as today. And then when you come to him, then he says, and drink. So he's saying that the triune God that has come down to the earth, triune God has come, become man incarnated. He's now offering himself as a drink. And he's already portraying to us, he's announcing to us that life on this earth, men are thirsty. And that's where we are based on tonight, this afternoon. And he saying that whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. Not only will you drink to be satisfied, but also you'll have excess that you'll be able to nourish, nourish others. It will be like a well. You'll gel out like a well. You'll be able to reach others that are thirsty. He's talking about instrumentation here. This is the instrumentation of the believer, the instrumentation of the church the instrumentation of your salvation, to use you as an instrument, also to reach out. And so, in this way, the Lord says so much. He speaks so much here. Because He's saying that life on this earth, that mankind is thirsty. And there is no greater time to have this conversation now than to look at what is happening on the earth now, that they have tried to invest in the stock market. They have tried to, to invest in different other aspects, the shipping industry, into different things and areas. And then at the end, the coronavirus comes and devastates the economy and takes away life. So almost rubbishing now the entire life on the earth, where you loved your children so much. They are the ones now coming from school with coronavirus and infecting you. And then you see the casket, the, the coffin of the, home, the, the, the father being carried and buried. So, so the life has turned on its head, upside down, and mankind is now thirsty for solution. They, they are hungry. They are thirsty for something greater, because they've been here, they've had it all, done it, and then at the end, there is no satisfaction. So he's telling us that there is another satisfaction. There is a satisfying part of life that mankind needs to access. Maybe you became, you went to law school, you became a lawyer. And when you began to practice law, you thought that was it. Then when you entered the market, then you realized you need a master's degree. You went and did a master's degree in international law, jurisprudence, or you did criminal law, whatever it is, you did your master's in. You came back. You found that was not enough. Then you're trying a PhD. You're trying what? You see, life on this earth is perpetually on the move. Mankind cannot be satisfied. There is a thirst. He's saying here that only Jesus, only the Triune God, the Trinity of God, can give to you. And when you look at the book of Psalms, turn with me because of time. The book of Psalms 42. Again, underscores the same thing. Psalms 42. I'm reading one and two. Turn with me, there, those who can. The book of Psalms, chapter 42, blessed people. It says the following. Again, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice. Psalms 42, I beg your pardon, that was Isaiah. Psalms 42. I will read the book of Psalms 42, blessed people together with you. That was Isaiah, which is very relevant, by the way. But uh, for now, Psalms 42, because of time, it says, Verse 2, I know that you can do all things again. No purpose in you can be thwarted. He's talking about the enormity, his his capability in nourishing you, his capability in supporting you, his capability in being able to support your life. And if you look at Matthew chapter 5, because of time I'm running, then I'll explain together. Matthew chapter 5, blessed people. If you turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, the thirst that you see going on on the earth now, people are moving around. They are looking for a solution. They are seeing that there is no solution on this earth. They are trying into the stock markets. They are trying into marriage, trying into families, trying into work, trying into economies, jobs, and everything, and running up and down. Nothing seems to satisfy them. So the book of Matthew, chapter 5, I'm reading here. It says, Verse six: Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now the Lord again raises the cadre, raises the caliber of this conversation, by now bringing to the fore that for which you should thirst. He says, mankind of this the church, they have been pursuing everything and anything under the sun. In that pursuit, they are looking for some satisfaction in their lives. And Jesus already told them that he is here only temporarily. Shortly, he will leave. He will go. In other words, even him as he was here, incarnated, the triune God incarnated, the Trinity. He would leave and beginning to focus us to another place. And then in 37, he says, whosoever passed, he shouted it aloud. Whosoever is thirsty should first go to him. And he says, then he will give him a drink. He will, he will drink, you will have a special drink from him. That he will nourish you in a manner that this world does not. Sometimes people seek it in marriage, they seek it in jobs seek it in studies, academic qualifications, they go all over. They move from one state to another, one district, county to another, another house. They try different things, farming, whatever, investment, and yet they find there is a void, still very vivid in their heart and souls. And he's saying here that blessed are those that trust. Wow. That means as we are on the earth now, as the earth is thirsty for solutions now, as we thirst for understanding what's going on on the earth, the coronavirus, first wave, second wave, third wave, life has been rubbish, dead bodies are being trashed in the streets, sometimes lockdowns, you're forced to stay in your house. As mankind begins to search for solutions, answers, to be able to understand what is happening on the earth, Why life has been turned on its head like this? He is now directing us to another place, to another virtue, a value that you ought to thirst for. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled." He says so. So you begin to understand that the Lord is saying. That our focus ought to be trained outside this realm, away from here. Because life on this earth is always going to be tumultuous, mayhem, tempest, and temporary, and unsatisfactory. Whatsoever you do, I have seen the coming of the Messiah. And sometimes when I look at this generation, I wonder... Do they really know that there is a greater, a much greater virtue, a nobler cause for their lives that is in the offing? The Messiah is coming with eternal life. I have seen the coming of the Messiah. Sometimes you wonder, are they going to be living here like this forever? Do they think the earth will last forever? And says here In the book of Psalms 22, Psalms 22 verse 2, look at what it says, little people. In Psalms 22 verse 2, it says the following. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, I find no rest. That is now the Christ. This is about the passion of the Christ, and there is so much we can learn from him. This is a prophecy when the Messiah would be crucified, and then he would enter a place where heaven would shut, when he's now being glorified, completing his mission. He's committing himself to the sacrificial life, leaving him for. And then he would cry out. He said, I cry out by day, but you do not answer me. By night, but I find no rest. you are disconnected from your God. This generation have sought solutions elsewhere, elsewhere. They have looked for answers elsewhere. And yet the Lord sounds it so clear. Whosoever is thirsty, let them come to me first. Get to know Christ. And then drink. I'll give you a drink in other words. An invitation to satisfaction in your life, an invitation to answers, an invitation to nourishment. The Trinity, the triune God, is presenting Himself as a drink to a thirsty generation, to a generation that has worshipped anything and everything under the sun. Temples are littering the whole earth, from the Hindu temples, to the Buddhist temples, to the Muslim temples and mosques, to now the churches that are posted temples. And yet the Lord said, come to me, I'll give you a gift. I'll satisfy your thirst. And he said, blessed are the thirsty, meaning this hour is such a prime time on the earth because I see people are thirsty for an answer. They are thirsty for solution. They want to understand I've lost my job. I have buried a member of my family. Life is, bodies are being cast out. What is, what is this? What is the way out of this? What is the meaning of this? And I said, the Messiah is coming. The tribulation is coming. You should be thirsting for your God, hungry for your God, wanting to reach your God to a greater cause, a greater life, because he has ravished this life. If you look up the book of Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, we're running out of time genesis 2 it says the following i'm reading verses 10 on and it says a river water in the garden flows from eden from there it was separated into four water heads the name of the first was called is called pishon it winds through the entire land of havila where there is gold and then it says the gold in that land is good gold really holy It says aromatic raisin, And Onyx are also there. Verse 13, it says, The name of the second river is Gishon. Gihon. The name of the second river is Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. Verse 14. The name of the third river is Tigris. It runs along the east side of Ashur. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. And when the Lord created the Garden of Eden, he brought the simulation of what he had set up. He brought paradise down. And here he was talking about the life-giving river of God that was flowing into the garden, where the earth of God was, the tree of life was, nurturing it, watering it, And he's saying that the trinity of God, the triune God, has come down to the earth. And he has become your drink. For those who are thirsty, there is an invitation. He has laid forth a clean, a clear invitation. that whosoever is thirsty, please come to me. I'll give you a drink. In other words, I'll satisfy you. I'll bring meaning to your life. I'll nourish you. Look at the life today. People running upside down. Jobs have been lost. Economies have tumbled. Lockdowns. People are scrambling for life. Marios everywhere. Hospitals are full. Pandemic. Doctors are stranded. I am told in the emergency rooms, well, there are many people reporting at the same time doctors are overwhelmed they don't know which one to run to and resuscitate. the meaning of life has been rubbish and yet the Lord is inviting you here to a higher life he's saying there is a greater life there is an eternal life the trinity, the triune God has come down and died for you said, whosoever is thirsty will run to me An invitation, blessed people. Invited to the Lord. He has become our drink. Look at Exodus 17. Look at what he says in Exodus 17. The book of Exodus chapter 17, he says the following. Verse 6. He says, again, Exodus 17. This is what he says, verse 6. He says, Exodus 17, blessed people, i read it here. He says the following, verse 6. I will stand before you by the rock at Horev. I know it's Horev, but in a bit, Horev. At Horev, try the rock and water will come out out of it for the people to drink, he has become your drink, he says, whosoever is thirsty, whosoever is not satisfied with this life, whosoever is seeking for something greater, more than living here, and then coronavirus, and then dying, and suffering, your lungs are destroyed. Whosoever is wandering around looking for solutions, baffled by the mayhem, the tempest, unemployment, the impact of the pandemic on life on the earth, your buried loved ones, you are now asking questions. Why this? Why this? Where was God when this was happening in this family? But he has made an invitation here to a higher calling so there is a greater life. He has become your drink, those who are thirsty, and the world is now thirsty for solution. This should drive you to the Lord, that's what the Lord is saying. The thirst you have should drive you to the Lord. The Lord is shaking the earth that you may understand that this life is temporary. That this life cannot satisfy, that there is a greater life coming, eternal life, unlimited life. Hey, and this generation, you have not yet repented. Even as the coronavirus, the prophecy is fulfilled. You haven't yet repented. It says in the book of John, chapter 19. Verse 34 he says, Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. He says, Come and drink. Come and drink. The Trinity has died for you at Calvary. And he said, weather is thirsty, you can now come and drink. The soldier has pierced inside, And there is a flow now. Come and drink. You may have been baffled by how your marriage has tumbled, how your children have been ravaged by the present life, how life has lost its meaning. But he said, Come and drink. He has already offered himself as a drink, as a drink offering to you. He has been pierced drink. Come and drink. Come and drink. He has been pierced, blessed people. Pierced for your sake. He has been tortured, tortured for your own sake. And he has been pierced and the flow has come out. Blood and water has flowed. When are you going to respond to the invitation to come and drink? The world is thirsty now. They need this drink. He says, come and drink. Whosoever is thirsty, come and drink. Hey. Then he says, in Ezekiel 47, that will be there. Ezekiel 47. The book of Ezekiel chapter 47, blessed people, he talks about the river, the river of life. The river that the trinity triune god has brought he has brought you an endless river if you want to drink yes you will drink from the river of god And it says in verse 1 the man brought me ezekiel 47 1 the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple. towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar, verse 2. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, meaning the eastern gate. And the water was trickling. Remember trickling, just trickling. From the south side. Verse 3. As the man man went eastwards with a measuring line in his hand, he measured up a thousand cubits. And then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured up another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured up another thousand cubits and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured up another thousand cubits. But now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in it. A river that no one could cross. Then he asked me, Son of Man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said, The water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah Valley. Where it enters the Dead Sea, when it enters the Dead Sea, the salty water there becomes healed, becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be a large number of fish because the water flows there and makes the salty water fresh. In other words, heals that water, brings life, the life-giving spirit of God. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shores, from Engedi Gedi to En There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. So he's talking about the swamps and the marshes supplying the nutrients. But anyway, he's saying one thing here. The dead sea is dead. The Dead Sea is dead. And this water is coming from the temple, the threshold of the temple, and trickling. As the water comes from the temple of God and goes down, then the flow becomes a river. In this life on the earth, the opposite is true. Rivers begin with a huge storm up there. And when they reach down, they become now trickling. They reduce in their storm and current. But this is the opposite. It began as a trickling river, trickling water just under the altar. And this river has the water of life. Wherever the water goes, it gives life. And he says, whosoever is thirsty, on the final day of of the festival, the final day of the celebration, he stood up on a platform, and shouted aloud, that whosoever is thirsty, come to me first, and then I'll give you a drink. And whoever drinks from me will never thirst again. Rivers of living water will gel out of them. The Lord is inviting this generation to a drink. You are thirsty. The waters of this life cannot quench your thirst. And he's saying, unless you come to him, if you come to him, then he will give you this tremendous river of life, the life-giving spirit of God, oh, that will re your life from the death you see on the earth today, that will resurrect you. He says, that river, wherever it goes, where there was dead, no life, death, the dead see dead, He brings life there. So now you have the fishes of all kinds living there and the plants growing all over the Dead Sea, even the shores and the banks. Great number of types of fishes bringing life, making that water fresh. The Lord saying that the solution for this life will not come from the WHO, the World Health Organization. Neither will it come from the United States Federal Reserve. Neither will it come from Johnson & Johnson. Neither will it come from AstraZeneca, from Moderna, from BioNTech, from from, from Mark Pharmaceuticals. No, it will come from the Lord, from the house of the Lord. And he has invited us, a dilapidated people, to come to him and have a drink dead life that we may have life in abundance, eternal life and it says in John chapter 4 as I finish John chapter 4 I'm reading 10 and 14 Jesus answered if you, the, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water so the woman said you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? At that time, the living water that has the bubbles of light is that water that flows in the underground aquifers that in the night fills the well. Underground in the aquifers there. It is being purified. They are both chemicals, the carbon rocks. They are both chemical and physical filters. So it becomes clear water in the night when everything is settled. That water that's bubbling up with the bubbles of life in the underground aquifers of the earth, the rocks under the earth, when you dig the borehole, in one it shoots, shoot, it shoots up. That was the reference about living water. So that's why she asked. She didn't understand what he was talking about. The Lord Jesus had seen that she was fetching water at the midday, at the noon day, the noon hour, when the water has become turbid. The water is not clean. The water is dead. It does not have the sparkling, the bubbles of life. Like when you open a bottle of Sprite or Coca-Cola or some bottled water and you see bubbles going up. It wasn't clear. It wasn't fresh. So he told her, if you knew who it is, that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water. Just, but you don't have anything deep to fetch until the underground aquifers. How will you say this? Verse 12, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and ran from it himself, and so did his sons and their livestock? Verse 13, Jesus answered. Everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of living water, welling up with eternal life. Hallelujah! That is the invitation Jesus has laid before the generation of coronavirus. That you may look dilapidated. And that the little light in you may seem to be fading away, dwindling away, dying, economic mayhem. The public health, hospitals are overwhelmed in the U.S., Kenya, where, everywhere. But he says, if you will come to me, whether he's thirsty, come to me, come to Jesus, he says. And he'll give you living water, blessed people. How tremendous. Living water. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 4, it says the following. It says, And drank. They ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ, meaning. The Trinity of God, the Triune God, the God of heaven. Jesus has come down, and he has now become our drink. Why are we not going to the drink? Why are we not getting to the rock to drink an eternal drink? Look at how the earth is thirsty for answers, thirsty for life, dilapidated, dried out. Hospitals overwhelmed, people injecting their arms left and right, the voice of the prophets of God, my voice is threatening to inject 8 billion people. Look at how terrible it is. Hey! And yet he invites you. Come to me. I'll give you a drink. The book of Revelation 21 as I sum up, as I complete it, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. That should be your focus, the eternal state. He said, I am soon leaving. I will be with you only a short time. Meaning life on this earth is temporary. Follow me too. Follow me, you too. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. He wipe away every tear from their eyes. Look at what you need when you get to him and you take the drink. He that walked with us throughout the wilderness. He says, he has become our drink and has extended an invitation to this generation. Come and drink, you that thirst for life. You whose life is dwindling out from the life-giving spirit of God, the river of the waters of life. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Oh, this generation could do with this. And there will be no more death. Oh, this generation could take this for themselves with so much death on the earth now. And he says, Oh, mourning. Oh, this would really apply here. It would serve this life, this generation. No more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Verse 6, he says, Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And to the thirsty, to the thirsty, again I repeat, to the thirsty, I'll give the water without cost. Is in mayhem, tempest, confusion, looking for answers. They are thirsty for life. The little life in them is dwindling out. You don't know when coronavirus will fail you. If not today, maybe tomorrow. Injecting arms all over the earth. And he has said, Whosoever is thirsty, come. And he who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life come. I want to lead you to the Lord now. If you know that you want this nourishing spirit of God, the river of life, the life-giving spirit of God, to come and rejuvenate you, to give you life beyond the tombs of this earth, beyond the corona of this time, of this life and this day, then repeat this prayer, say, Mighty Lord Jesus, You have have, have extended an invitation to me, an everlasting invitation. And today I take the invitation and receive you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. I am thirsty for eternal life. I am tired of this temporary life. I am thankful that you went to the cross and the soldier pierced your side and out of your side came this wonderful river the flow of blood and water the nourishing flow of God my God dying for me that I may take an eternal drink from him he has become my drink I take you today I receive you as my Lord and Savior And I partake of the drink from the water of life that you have unveiled to humanity, that I maintain the kingdom of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am born again today. Amen. We don't have much time. Only those who are first time callers, please call, call our numbers. We will be given a few numbers there. You've given one number. First time people, those who have never called before, one minute each because we want to give a chance to every person. May the Lord bless you. This has been your lifetime bread. And the Lord is saying, blessed are you when you thirst. So when you thirst at this hour, you are blessed of the Lord because then you can seek him and find this nourishing drink when he was pierced on the cross. He was pierced at his side with a spear. And there forth came a flow. There came forth a tremendous flow. A nourishing flow. The Lord bless you. Thank you. This has been your lifetime prayer today. The Lord bless you today. Shalom. The Messiah is coming.